Psalms chapter 11. We're going to read one text this morning, one, one verse for our main, check, main text. Uh, verse number 3 says, If the foundations be destroyed. Everybody say foundation. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I want to look for just a few minutes this morning at the battle for the home. God, thank you so much. Thank you for being so good. Thank you for loving us, God. Thank you for the hedge of protection you've kept about this campus for two days. Thank you for the souls that you've sent into this place. Thank you for the souls that were saved in the last two nights. Thank you for the lives that were changed, the prodigals that came home. But today is a new day, God. We can't lean on yesterday's blessings. Lord, we come into here this morning to worship you, God. We bring a new praise in this morning, a new, a new worship, God. We come in with bodies tired and, and worn down, but we come in with a heart that just want to say thank you, Father. We come in here, Father, expecting to hear something from your word. Would you teach us this morning, God? Would you give us something that we could walk out, God? Would you strengthen the home, strengthen the family, strengthen the marriage, strengthen our relationship with you, Father? Lord, we ask these things, God. I pray most of all, may everything that we do in this place be pleasing to you alone. We love you, God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. So I read a few articles. Most of them been a couple weeks ago now since my, my apologies for last week and not having church. I understand it's very, very difficult. Most of you probably know that, but it's very difficult to cancel a Sunday morning service. I was out on the road about seven checking on some folks and the roads were really bad and the sheriff sent the thing in and asked us to try to help keep, keep people off the road. And, and to be honest, it was necessary for your protection. A lot were without power. A lot of you had things going on and so it was necessary but it doesn't make it any different that by the time we got here Wednesday night brother Tim was talking about it, it seemed like it'd been a month since we've been in church so my apologies for 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 having to do what we had to do last week but it doesn't change the message for this week amen the battle for the home. I had read some articles, some of them by Christian authors. Now, one in particular was written by a preacher. Some of them, they didn't give any indication of their religious beliefs. And anytime I, I read something and the author doesn't talk about his religious beliefs, I, I try to study that. I try to find out something about them if I can. Listen, I've used quotes from cartoon characters up here. I don't mind the quotes if they're good as long as there's not like some atheist background or something behind it. But one author in particular, he didn't say anything about it. I was studying his Obviously a young person because they talked about being a member of the, the millennial society. But they talked about the foundation of any society as the home. They said patriotism is an extremely hard concept to grasp. Even harder concept to explain because of the endless amount of interpretations that are tied with both negative and positive connotations. By definition, patriotism means love or devotion to one's country. But in modern day culture, this terminology seems to lack importance in its entirety. That's part of the millennial generation, I feel, is that we're losing the level of importance of what it means to be a part of something that is much larger than ourselves. The history of the U.S. is decorated with rich moments of morality and moments of despair and discrimination. As Americans, we have a lot to be proud of. We certainly have a lot to be thankful for. Thousands of brave young men and women have put their lives on the line fighting to protect this country and the lives of those who call the U.S. home. But what does that really mean and why is that phrase used so frequently? In the U.S., our laws and regulations are guided by the Constitution of the United States, a document which outlines the rights of each and every citizen. This document, although to some may seem like just a piece of paper, it gives us freedom and rights that other places around the world aren't fortunate enough to have. 
For instance, the First Amendment of the Constitution states, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition government for a redress of grievances. According to the Constitute Project, it gives Americans the ability to practice whatever religion they desire, to protest anything, and even express their opinions freely if it directly opposes the current government in place. This article talked about in its beginning and how, how the country had a strong foundation, and the foundation of this country is based on the Word of God, period. If you don't like that, I hate it for you. This country is founded on the principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the word of God. If you don't believe it, study the men that founded the country. Study the men that wrote and signed this constitution. All that they put at stake, all that they put at risk, they put their lives on the line to sign this thing to create what we have as the United States of America. And what this country is built on is the word of God. Psalms chapter 127, verse number one says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. There was a day when the Lord was the builder of the house in the United States of America. There was a day when the Bible was the centerpiece of the home. Not just that big living Bible stuck on the coffee table to be a centerpiece for people to see. Not just that faded out cover laying in the back window of a car to make you look holy and righteous. But the word of God itself was read in the home and it was the centerpiece. There was a day when America stood firm on the principles of the word of God. But I'm afraid we have sat back. And we've allowed that to, to be pushed to the side. And because of that, the enemy, which is the devil, is destroying this nation from within. Listen, I, I thank God for, for, for Christians like yourself. I, I thank God for Christian homes, Christian family, Christ, Christian mom and dad, people that, that bring their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, people that, that come to the house of God. But we have a responsibility because as children of the living God, we are members of something that is much bigger than ourselves. Psalm chapter 82, Asaph is writing the letter. And he's writing about the judgments of God. And he, and he talks about how long will God allow the wicked to continue. Verse number 5, he says, They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. There lies the problem. People have turned their backs on God and they are walking daily in darkness. But Jesus told us, you to be the light of the world. It's up to us to shine a light so, so that people might see the light and turn from the ways of darkness. Today, people, they just want to do whatever self-pleasing. Make up your own mind, whatever works for you. And you got the lies of the devil going, hey, whatever God you want to serve, whatever religion you want to be, however you find your path to heaven, that's good enough. You just, even some celebrities, you just pick your own way, whatever way it is. There are several different roads all leading to heaven. That's a lie from hell, and it's leading people straight to hell. There's one way, his name's Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, that paid for every sin that on Calvary, walked out of that grave, and said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is is no other name under heaven. There is no other way. The world is lying and it's leading people into darkness. He's alive. We portray that part where they bring the woman caught in adultery and they throw her down right here and we're holding on to the law and we say the law says that she's to be stoned. 
But remember what Jesus said at 12 years over here. What if the law could be fulfilled by love? He brought it back right here. The law says stoner, Jesus. What do you say? Are you above the law? Are you better than the law? But once again, he turns to fulfill the law with love. And he says, okay, fine, you got your law. You got the law. Law's given to you. That's fine. Stoner according to your law. But, 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 before you do, he that is without sin, let him to be the first to cast a stone. So one by one, they begin to drop their stones. They begin to walk off and they disappear and Jesus looks around and they're all gone. He looks at the woman and he says, Does no man condemn thee? She said, No man, Lord. He said, Neither do I condemn thee. But there's another statement. Go and sin no more. The very next verse, he turns to the crowd. He looks at the crowd and he says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. People want to do their own thing, make their own choices, live, live their own life because they're not following Jesus Christ. They're walking in darkness. Our children are faced with things today that are beyond anything history has ever brought. When I was in school, the big crimes was talking in class or chewing gum in school. And I'm a personal example of even being accused of talking in class. We'll get you suspended from school for two days. And I was not talking in class. That was the one time I was innocent. But my history bit me, right? I, I mean, we lived in a very different time. I mean, our day, the, the terrible things was, was smoking cigarettes and drinking beer. That was the terrible stuff. Now, marijuana was out there, but I mean, you know, that was light for them guys that were way off of another planet somewhere. That wasn't even considered. And heroin, cocaine, some things came along. But here's the big difference between what we faced and what our children faced. See, what we faced, our parents knew it was wrong. The teachers knew it was wrong. The school system knew it was wrong. The law knew it was wrong. And because of that, we as children, we knew that it was wrong. So that everything that we were faced with, we knew that it was wrong. Our children today are faced with the same drugs plus, the same garbage plus, all of the things that the law says is illegal, all of the things that they know is wrong, but, but they are faced with things that the Word of God calls an abomination, and they are seeing it in their classrooms, they're seeing it on television, they're not, and I ain't talking about just among students, they're seeing it in teachers, they're seeing it in principals, they're, they're seeing it in, the, in the, the Board of Ed, as though it's okay. You got a world out there lying and seeing these things. They are surrounded by things like adultery, immoral sex, pornography, homosexuality, cross-dressing. Can I tell you, you're going to read about that today. Anybody already done your daily reading today? You've already read it. Those that haven't, you're going to read it today. For a man to dress like a woman is an abomination before God. For a woman to dress like a man is an abomination before God. But you got stuff putting it out there saying, it's okay. No, it's not. Anything that is against the word of God, that those things are infiltrating the Christian home through commercials. You can't watch a ball game. You can't watch anything that it doesn't come in that they don't throw that garbage up. And that stuff is plaguing their minds. It's putting it in and society says that those things are okay. Can I plug one in and go ahead and make some moms and dads mad? If your children have a phone, you better keep an eye on it. 
You better have their access and you better look into their pads and their phones and all they got. Let me go ahead and plug in another one. It's not just okay. It's necessary that you put that app on your phone and their phone that lets you look in their phone. Anything they open, you can see it. If they open certain things, it'll alert your phone that they're looking at it. You better have that. See, the world's lying to the world. The world's lying to everybody, especially the parents. They're calling that an invasion of privacy. No, it's not. It's called being mom and dad. It's called loving my children enough to protect them from the wolves of this world. It, it's, it's called looking in and trying to invest into my children to make sure that they're not snatched away from the world. We got to do everything we can to teach them what is right. Because make no mistakes about it. The devil is busy teaching them what is wrong. The devil is busy teaching them the lies and, and putting things out there. It doesn't matter what the world tells you. The world's a lie. The devil is out to destroy not just any home. Your home. Your home is the focal point. The devil hates mankind. But the devil hates Christians. The devil hates the redeemed. The devil wants to destroy your home. He wants to destroy your life. In order for the devil to destroy a nation, he must first destroy their culture. And in order to destroy their culture, he must first destroy the home. Marriage is God's institution. Designed by God for man and woman. It is a picture of the bride of Christ. The, the home is a picture of heaven. The home is to be a picture of what heaven looks like. A family united as one. That's what heaven is. A family united together. Worshiping together. Praising together. Praying together. That's what the home is supposed to be. But the devil has unleashed an all-out attack on the American home. The, the devil is putting everything in to destroy the home. I was thinking, before I get to this next point, I, I was thinking about how good God truly has been to me. And I didn't even know it. Any of you know more and more every day that you ain't never been thankful enough? I started really realizing it a lot, brother, back in 06. And I've been board of directors with Brother Ron here on the Lighthouse Children for a long time. But I see their lives. I hear their stories and the things that go on. And, and, and I'm just amazed by the horror stories that children have lived. And I began to realize more and more how blessed. But here's what I thought how blessed we were in America that we didn't have to grow up with that stuff. But, but uh, that, that's wrong. Because as I became pastor, I have learned more and more with every story how truly blessed I am to have grown up in a Christian home where I was taught the Word of God, where I was taught to pray, where I was taught to read. I was even taught to tithe. I didn't have to learn that. Most people had to learn that. When I was small, my mom gave me a dollar every Sunday when I played about to put the dollar in. I got a little older and began to get, um, what do you call that, allowances and go to work with my dad. And, you know, they paid me a little bit and my mom would make me put 10% of whatever I got in that. I liked it a lot better when she gave me the dollar. <laughs> but it didn't change the fact that I had a mom and dad, I had a home that were teaching me to be good stewards of the things that God had given me. But, but every day I learn more and more as I meet with people. And I learn, you know, I used to think there was like 1 in 10,000 people probably had some form of abuse growing up. That's far from reality. It is way into the majority. As I meet with people more and more and talk, I learned that a lot of people didn't really have parents growing up. I, I learned from, from people's own testimonies that they didn't have very good parents growing up. They're going up in a lot of stuff, but my mind has been blown over the last nine years at how many people grew up in abuse. Verbal abuse, you'll never be worth nothing. 
You'll never amount to anything. You're, you're no good. How could a parent tell their children that stuff? But that's not bad enough. Physical abuse seems to be the norm. Sexual abuse blows my mind how many people as children and as teenagers went through sexual abuse inflicted by their own families. Every time I meet with people, I become more and more thankful of, of, of how God allowed me to grow up. But, and I say all that to get to this but, God gave me the opportunity to grow up in that Christian home. But I had to decide what kind of home to create for my children. And that's where we're all the same. Regardless of how we grew up, it's up to us to decide what kind of environment will my children. Listen, if you grew up in a bad environment, you of all people all know what it means to break the chains. You of all people need to know of the importance of putting God first into, into bringing your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You, you, surely you'd have to know the importance of providing a Christian home for them. And it's not just a home that brings them to church. It's not just a home that, that drops them off on Wednesday and says, let them teach you something. It's not just a home that brings them and sticks them back there to make sure somebody's teaching them. It is a home that is living the principles of God Almighty in front of them. And as a husband loving a wife and a wife loving a husband and loving children and loving God and reading the book and praying with your family. It's not just talking, it is living it. So we all decide how we're going to live. I read another article. It said it's never too late to create a life worth living. It went on and said there's an old wise saying. that says live every day like it's your last. Because you never know if it will be. And unfortunately that phrase resonates with everyone young or old. And anywhere in between. So the question for us this morning is simple. Is our home built? On a solid foundation. First Corinthians chapter 3. The apostle Paul wrote in verse 10. According to the grace of God which is given unto me. I was a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay. Than that is laid. Which is Jesus Christ. The world is offering so many. Flashy false foundations. So many. Deception, so many substitutes, so many sinking sands to try to get people to, to put their foundation on. There, there are speeches and, and conferences. There's, there's devotions and podcasts. There's stuff that's put out there as on how to have a happy home. And people get to it because everybody wants a happy home. But listen, if it's not written by a man of God or a woman of God about the principles of God, then it's not of God. And if it is not of God, it is not worth you putting your time in. If it is not of God, it doesn't matter how patriotic it may be or how comforting it may be. If it's not of God, it's not for you as children of God. See, the devil puts all this, this flashy stuff because everybody wants a happy home. Everybody wants a happy life. The, the devil knows that. That's what makes it so easy for him to put attractive things out there as decoys, as lures. You know what makes a great fishing lure? Look like the real thing. The, the more movement it has, the more shiny, the more the tail will flicker, the more it looks real, the more apt the fish is to bite it. We're no different. 
The devil disguises things and he puts them in slowly. But listen, you don't realize that, that it's a distraction until you get to the hooks. All of us face temptations. Every one of us has faced temptations in our lives. A lot of times, I don't even think the devil has to come up with the temptations. We do that ourselves. We have the things that we like. We have the things that we desire. We have our personal nature. We have the things that, 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 that desire that may be secret things, but the devil knows them. It's not hard for him to make a lure that buys into your things you're already attracted to. So we have to be very careful that everything comes from the Word of God. Because the Bible tells us that there's only three temptations in life. We see it, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse number 16, All that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Not of the Father, it's of the world. See, that's what the devil used against Adam and Eve. Lust of the eyes. Look at it, Eve. Wow, it was pleasing to the eyes. It looked like a fruit to be desired. Lust of the flesh. Just touch it. Look, it doesn't hurt. Feel how good it feels? Well, if it feels good, it must be okay, right? Pride of life. Might, don't worry about what God told you. Surely you're not going to die. You're going to become likened to the gods. You're going to know good from evil. The devil hasn't changed anything. He used the same thing against Jesus. The Bible tells us after the baptism that Jesus went into the wilderness and he was there 40 days and 40 nights and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights in the presence of God and the power of God. The Bible says that he was in hunger. I imagine 40 days without eating, I'd be a little hungry. The devil knew he was hungry. The devil knows when you're hungry. The devil knows what you're hungry for. The devil knows these things. He came to Jesus and he brought it in. There it is. Look, man, I know you're hungry. I know you're hungry. But if you be the son of God, just command these stones to be made to bread. What would be the harm in that? If you be the son, lust of the flesh. The flesh is hungry. Just make these stones become bread. But Jesus reminded the devil that the word of God says that it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God, that, that, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So the devil says, let's try another one. Let's try the pride of life. So he carries him up to a high pinnacle. And he says, if you be the son of God, just throw yourself down. Now the devil wants to get in. And he'll take the Bible and use it. Make no mistakes about it. The devil will use the word of God to try to tempt you. But you better know, read, look back the word of God. Because the devil knows it better than you. And he'll put those little bitty simple twists in it. And he says, if you're the son of God, just, just go ahead and jump off. Because the word of God says it is written that, that the angels bear thee up. Lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. And Jesus says, oh, no, no, no. Again, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So, so we get to the lust of the eyes. He carries him up on this high mountain and he shows him the kingdoms of the world. And here's what he said, Matthew chapter 4, verse 9. All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. That means one time. You don't have to go tell anybody. You don't have to tell anybody about this. This can be our little secret. That's all it takes one time. It's called sin. One time, if you'll just bow down right here in our own little private party, nobody will ever know anything about it. Jesus said, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, 
Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. The devil hasn't changed. His lies hasn't changed. His temptations haven't changed. Every one of us has fallen to temptations. For all of sin to come short of the glory of God. But listen, sin, sin, little bitty word, is very simple. You know what sin means? It means I broke the law of God. It's that simple. It's not some huge definition you've got to try to memorize or research. It's very simple. Sin simply means that I have broken the laws of God. And there is no one but Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who has taken every temptation and passed every test. All of us have sinned, but. Oh, you got to love but God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 says, but you're washed. But you're sanctified. Washed means you're clean. You're no longer dirty. Sanctified means you are set apart for an holy purpose. But you are justified. That means justified, never done any of the things of the past. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That, that means we have a new standard. We, we have a new hope. We, we have a new direction. If we're washed and we're sanctified and we're justified, then we're also filled. And if we're filled, that means we're filled with the Holy Spirit of God himself. To be washed in the blood, to be sanctified, set apart, to be justified as I'd never done it, means that I am filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God will lead me, guide me, and direct me every single day of my life if I will just let him. The reason it's so important that, that we follow the Holy Spirit and allow him to guide our lives is because the battle that we're facing cannot be won in the flesh. The Bible tells us in chapter 6 of Ephesians verse number 12 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's way bigger than that. My flesh and blood's a big enough problem. Somebody help me and say amen. But that's not the biggest problem. Principalities and powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. The same thing is true in us, is true in our children. So if our children are going to be victorious, they need to see it in us. If our children are, are going to read the Bible... They need to see it in us. If our children are going to be a people of prayer, they need to see it in us. If our children are going to be a people that turn to God first and follow the will of God, they need to see it in us. If we want our children to grow up and follow Christ in their lives, they've got to see us doing it in our lives. The, the battle for the home is of extreme importance. In order for the devil to destroy a nation... He must destroy the strength of the home. He doesn't work from without. He works from within. Do you know the greatest machines that mankind has the capacity to build can be destroyed with a single grain of sand? Do you know that? Take earth moving equipment, those big monstrous machines that can literally move a mountain in a day. Take this mountain down and move it over to there. Take this mountain and fill in a valley. Here's machines, these Factories with smoke boiling out and giant machines that make all this stuff. One grain of sand can take down the greatest machine that man can build. You get a little piece of grit, a little grain of sand that gets in there and begins to rub. And it gets against one of the seals, the rubber seals that's designed to keep oil and water separated. That's designed to keep oil in certain places. And you break a seal and you begin to lose the oil. 
The oil is the life. It's the thing that keeps things there. You, you get it between two pieces, and it begins to rub together like friction, and it begins to make a groove so that the oil begins. Listen, there's a reason that you get the oil changed in your car. You get the oil changed because the oil gets old, and it loses its viscosity. It's not as slick anymore. But when they change the oil, they change the what? The filter. And every other time you get an oil change, they change the fuel filters. Do you know why it's necessary to change the filters? To get the impurities out. Because what the filter is doing is taking the things and it's cycling it through so that the impurities are removed before they do great harm. That's what the Word of God is in our lives. The Word of God is the filter and everything in our lives needs to be filtered through the Word of God. Anything in our home, anything that our family that, that is not filtered contains contaminants. And we allow that stuff into our home when we don't filter everything in. Americans in a bad situation today. But God's not done with her. God still has his hand on America. God is still blessing America. How do you know that? We're still here. How do you know he's still blessing us? We haven't been destroyed. How do you know he still loves us? Because we're not somebody else's slaves right now. I mean, God does have his limitations, though. A day will come. If you, if you don't believe it, just read the Old Testament. Just read about what, what God is willing to do with, with his people. So, so the devil continues to work from, from within. So here's our hope. I had this last week, and it's amazing that we just happened to get moved this week when we had a baby dedication because we just read it. Our hope is to instill God's word into our children. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy might. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Teach them diligently unto thy children. Talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. It shall bind them for a sign upon thine hand. They shall be as frontless between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Do you know that commandment is so important that five chapters later when Moses is reminding them of the law and Moses isn't going to get to go into the promised land and Joshua's going to take them over and he's reminding them of the law and he's reminding them these are the things that are important. These are the things when you cross over Jordan. These are the things when you get into living in houses you didn't build, drinking of wells that you didn't dig, and eating of vineyards that you didn't plant. These are the things to remember. Love the Lord thy God. Command this day be in thine heart. Teach them to thy children. Five chapters later in chapter 11, he does it all over again. There is a battle for the home in America. I'm afraid the devil's winning an awful lot of the battles. The battle is between good and evil. You make no mistakes. The devil's teaching them what you don't want them to know. And if you're not investing this in, if you're not putting a filter in, it will have its effect and it will destroy them from the inside out. I can tell you, I have my own opinion. If we do not instill the word of God into an upcoming generation, we will lose this country. God will not continue to bless a nation that turns their back on him after all he's done for us. The text is very clear. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do?
foundation is the home. Band, you guys come on up. Here's what we can do now. Here's what we can do that has changed things since the beginning of time. Here's what we can do that has changed things in every situation and everything that has ever come to pass. Matter of fact, it's what changed the situation for the children of Israel. When they were in Egypt, what did God say he did? Heard their cry. That means they were doing what? Praying. Crying out to God time and time again. God heard their cry. And God removed this and God removed that. He wrote very clear in the word, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. Turn from their wicked ways. Humble themselves. Humble themselves and pray. And turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. And I will what? Heal their land. So if there's nothing else that we can do right now, one thing that I know we can do that will stand the, the, the test of time, and that's gather in this altar and pray. Pray for our families. Pray for our children. Pray for our grandchildren. Pray for those school systems. Pray for all those around us. Pray that God would help us be a light in a dark world. Amen. I'm going to ask all of you to stand. If everybody stand as many as you will. I believe our family is worth praying for. I believe our family, our home is worth fighting for. And the only way to fight this battle against principalities and powers and all this evil wickedness from high places, the only way to fight that battle is on our knees. It's not something we can win in the flesh. I'm going to ask all of you that can, if you find a place in the altar, gather around and pray for those that can't. You can sit where you're at. You can stand where you're at. It's not the position of the body, it's the position of the heart that matters. Just ask God, would he bless this nation? But don't, don't surpass yourself to bless the nation. Ask God to bless you. Mom and dad, ask God to bless you. Ask God to help you be a light that your children can see. A, a light that puts a light in your home that, that reflects in your children that they grow up to be. Train a child up in the ways you go. The Word of God says he'll not depart from it. That means there's a promise that he at least knows the Word of God in his heart. It's instilled there's a chance to come back. While we're praying, and before these guys sing, heads are bowed, eyes are closed all over the building. Let me ask you one question. Do you know that you know that you're saved? Because nothing else matters until you're washed in the blood. Nothing else matters until you've been redeemed by the Lamb of God. Are you willing this morning, if you've never been saved, to say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Father, I'm just asking you to come into my heart. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and save my soul in Jesus' name. If you are faithful to pray, confess your sins, surrender your life to God through the Son. He is faithful and just to save your soul right here, right now. Remove all your sins. Put your name in the Lamb's book of life. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. But the choice is yours. Father, I'm a sinner. Would you forgive me my sins and save my soul? In Jesus' name. Go ahead, guys.